this is uh, Bruce from uh, North Brookville, and uh, you are tuned into uh, uh, Truth It in the AM. Uh, be prepared for some uh, craziness. Let's go. Are you a manufacturer, dealer, or distributor in the following industries? Agricultural equipment, material handling, construction machinery, power generation, commercial and retread tires, transport refrigeration, marine, heavy trucks, automobile, temperature control, utility vehicles, maintenance and repair, or something else? Then Curry Management is for you. Distribution analysis, dealerization, and dealer distributor development are the top three services provided to manufacturers. We at Curry Management provide this along with the best practices groups, profit improvement workshops, merger and acquisitions, business valuations, and leadership management development to dealers and distributors. Do you own a closely held private company? We at Curry Management provide business continuation services, succession planning, leadership development, and other staff-related management training. Curry Management pride themselves at always being ready to assist manufacturers, dealers, and distributors with today's business challenges. Help yourself. Connect with Curry Management. www.currymanagement.com, 292 Lincoln Street in Worcester, 508-752-9229. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today is Monday, October 30th, 2017. Thank you for tuning in and logging on, and welcome to Truth It in the AM. It is your boy, Truth It, here to address any and all things when it's time to, and it's time to. Thank you to blogtalkradio.com. Also, thank you to WorcesterDailyNews.com. Shoutouts to them. And uh, we got a lot of stuff that we need to talk about. And as always, on this beautiful day, I hope you are having a wonderful time and enjoying yourself. And uh, let's get right into it. Positive vibes only, people. I am sending out positive vibes to you today. So please catch these positive vibes. As only, I hope that you catch him. Um, a lot of stuff we need to talk about today. Kevin Spacey uh, is accused of molesting a 16-year-old boy, I believe it is. Uh, no, I'm sorry, when he was four, a 14-year-old boy when he was 26 years old. So we're going to have to talk about that. There's some other stuff that has been going on as well in the news. Uh, uh, trial set to begin locally for a man who went on a grand theft auto type crime spree and uh if i can mute that well on a grand theft auto like crime spree 
and, uh, you know, got himself into a little bit of trouble. And now he's trying to plead not guilty. Why is he pleading not guilty? I haven't the foggiest idea, but that's what he's doing and other things. Uh, also, before I begin, I'd like to also thank uh, Facebook, Facebook Live and all my Facebook family, all my people out in Facebook world. Uh, let me uh, get my self situated because as always, I want to make sure that truth is in the AM is the best show possible for you guys. Now I was trying to debate on if I should go five days a week or only do Tuesdays and Fridays. And I'm telling you this decision is tougher than I thought. I have not decided yet. Uh, I, I, I really like doing the show. That's the problem. The problem is I love doing the show, but is it too much is the question. Uh, am I able to provide the premium content for the listeners five days a week? That's the question. And, uh, you know, if I have to bring it down to two days a week, just to bring the premium content, I will bring that premium content down to two days a week. Uh, A couple of texters suggested that I should make my uh, show more news just like reading the news as if I was a reporter. And I don't know if I'm able to do it as a reporter, but we'll see how things are going if we do it that way. Because there's a lot of news out there that needs to be covered, and I could be able to cover all of them. But I don't know if I want to do that. I like my show being more opinion-based, more on me acting and doing uh, things the way I want to do it. So it is a little bit of a... uh, kind of a, a, a crisis, a, a crisis that, not a crisis, I don't want to say crisis, it's not that serious, it's not that bad, I am blessed to be doing the show that I'm doing, but, uh, you know, should I keep it uh, three, should I keep it two days a week or five days a week, uh, the jury is still out on it, but honestly, it's looking like it still may be five days. So now let's work just to get this uh, going on to Facebook and to uh, Worcester Daily News, two of, of the staunch supporters of Truth in the AM. And I appreciate uh, each and every person out there who supports Truth in the AM. Uh, we had over 1,000 viewers, uh, 2,000 viewers uh, a couple of weeks ago, 2,000. And I really, uh, I really am happy about it. And I hope that the views continue to grow and I hope people continue to like and share. If you are watching or listening, uh, could you please hit that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and share it, uh, you know, to people. The more people that gets to watch it, trust me, if you want to know what inspiration is to do these things, it's that people are watching. Nothing's more disheartening than people than you doing a show and nobody watching. It's kind of like you're doing it for yourself. And that only lasts for so long. But uh, I do appreciate each and every listener, especially the two over 2,500 that uh, listened a couple shows ago. Those that really made my day, made me say that, you know, I need to keep going. It's not time to quit. And I'm also getting ready to uh, get into other things as well. Might start vlogging, doing daily vlogs because there's a lot of stuff that goes on around my family. Uh, What we just did was we had a... uh, hot sauce contest where we bought some of the hottest hot sauce in the world. And, uh, my kids, they had to answer questions about me to see who knew me better. And whoever lost had to eat a potato chip with the hot sauce on it. Trust me. 
it was not fun for the loser. So that's on my YouTube page right now. Uh, also, we also did it with my son. He asked questions and uh, his two sisters had a contest on who knew him the best. And that loser had to eat the hottest hot sauce in the world uh, on a potato chip. And I think that that's a fun, it's a fun game to play, uh, especially when you're dealing with loved ones and they, you know, how, how everyone, oh, I know you better than, I know you better than your other brother knows you, or I love you more, you know, put them to the test and put something on the line, make them drink that hot sauce if they can't do it. If they can't handle it, then, hey, that's on them. All right. So now that we have uh, all of that stuff out of the way, Let's get in to the Kevin Spacey story. Um, let me first say that I, I admired Kevin Spacey. As a matter of fact, I admired a lot of people in Hollywood. And it seems like a lot of people in Hollywood now are having their fall from grace, as you would like, to, as some would call it. It's happening to a lot of famous people. Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, Ben Affleck, and now Kevin Spacey is the newest person added to that list. Uh, I'm kind of torn, honestly, about it. It's not that I want Kevin Spacey or Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein to get away with the bad things that they've done, but there was a culture of things like this that was allowed for years. And you can't ignore the fact that it was normal in those cultures for things like that to happen. Uh, still have to hold them accountable for it. But I don't know. Uh, I enjoyed Kevin Spacey in Seven. Uh, a lot of movies Kevin Spacey was in that I like. Let me look up Kevin Spacey films so I can name all of them. That I liked. I do remember that uh, American Beauty. Uh, Seven especially. When he had uh, Gwyneth Paltrow at the end of the movie. That was like one of the most chilling scenes that I've ever seen in my life. Um, You know, he's he's been in a lot of movies. There's a movie he was in with Tom Cruise. And that was in the 80s, I believe it was. And I remember my older brother and my older sister used to watch it a lot. And I really liked that movie. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, let me look here. Outbreak, The Usual Suspects, A Time to Kill, The Ref. He was in a lot of good movies, which made him a hero to a lot of people. He was or is one of the most notable actors in Hollywood now. And unfortunately, being a notable actor in Hollywood, you have certain things that you have to abide by. You have certain rules that you have to follow. You have, uh, you know, certain things that today were different in the time where this allegedly occurred. So let's get into the story. Actor Anthony Rapp has accused Kevin Spacey of making sexual advances at him when Rap was 14. In an interview with BuzzFeed, Rap said that Spacey picked him up 
put him on his bed and was trying to get with me sexually in 1986. Kevin Spacey was 26 at the time. In response to the allegations, Kevin Spacey tweeted that he was beyond horrified to hear Rap's story. Spacey tweeted, I honestly do not remember the encounter. It would have been over 30 years ago. But if I did behave, then as he describes, I owe him the sincerest apology for what would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior. And I am sorry for the feelings he described having carried with him all these years. Uh, first thing about Kevin Spacey, about his apology, if he doesn't remember the incident at all, how does he know he was drunk? Oh, uh, this happened some 30 years ago. I don't remember. I don't know what happened, but uh, it was inappropriate drunken behavior. Was it inappropriate drunken behavior or do you not remember it, Kevin? First off, sexual predators should be stoned. Sexual predators should be stoned. Kevin Spacey, who has been famously private about his personal life, said that he now lives as a gay man, which marked the first time the actor has made a public statement about his sexual orientation. This story has encouraged me to address other things about my life, Spacey said in his tweet. He continued that he has had relationships with both men and women and added, I have loved and had romantic encounters with men throughout my life and I choose now to live as a gay man. Yeah, I booed him. But before you get too bent out of shape, let me explain why I booed him. I didn't boo him because he came out of the closet. I booed him because this was a ploy to come off the, out of the closet to take away from what he did as a sexual predator. And what I like to call whistleblower season, Kevin Spacey is the latest actor in a sick Hollywood to be called out on his sexual misconduct. I'm telling you, in the dark world of Hollywood, this was once the norm. Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, Ben Affleck, and now Kevin Spacey. And trust me, they are not the only ones who... Have, who will be and have been accused of doing things like this. I know someone from Amazon, I think it was Amazon Film, was accused of sexual misconduct, Bill O'Reilly. If you notice, these are all powerful men in Hollywood in some way, shape, or form. They weren't monsters around gentlemen, though. They were monsters amongst monsters, which means there are a lot more of the people like this because this was the culture in Hollywood. The culture in Hollywood some years ago was like this. If you want to make it in Tinseltown, you're going to have to sleep with me or, or I, I can, I can sleep with him, make sexual advances to whoever I want. Even our president, I just can't help beside. I just can't help women. I could, but I could do whatever I want. Grab him by the JJ. This was the culture back then. And that was the, the president's comments was as recent as uh, some, I believe it was eight years ago, seven years ago. So this is the, uh, co the climate that these men were in, especially in 1986, where Kevin Spacey was one of the hottest actors in the world. But Mr. Kevin Spacey, 
Miss me with the, I don't remember molesting anyone. If anyone on this planet accused me of molesting them, I know right well that I don't need a good memory to know that I did not or would never have sexually assaulted someone. I, I would never, my defense would never be if I didn't do it. Oh, well, uh, maybe something happened that I don't remember. No, I know me and I know I would never be in a position where I would sexually assault someone. So that's the first line of crap that you spewed out in your apology. There's a difference between shooting your shot AKA hitting on someone and sexually assaulting someone. And this man is guilty of it. As far as I'm concerned, I'm glad there's some sort of self cleansing that's going on in Hollywood right now. I'm glad that these women are brave enough now to come out and, uh, start speaking out against these monsters, these predators. Uh, I wish they would have done it sooner. I wish it would have happened sooner. I understand why it didn't. But if the, the sooner you get these out, get the light shined on these monsters, they can stop preying on other women. Women will finally start being valued by their talents and not by underhanded sexual means. So applaud that. Yes, but we still have to remember, we have to remember that this was a culture of sexual misconduct. There were men who thought that they can get away with these things due to their power. And they were also women who slept their way to the top too. This is not all just men in Tinseltown behaving like predators. There were women also using their sexuality to get, uh, jobs to get the part, to get wherever they needed to get. There's stories about sex parties and all kinds of stuff in Hollywood. And I'm glad that it's cleaning up its act also. But the culture has to be dealt with. And I'm glad that the draining of the swamp, something that President <laughs> Trump says, or lack for a better phrase, is happening right now. I'm glad that they're getting all of these uh, disgusting human beings up out of Hollywood. But, oh, Mr. Spacey. Mr. Kevin Spacey, don't think that coming out as gay protects you in any way or makes you untouchable for your sick act to a minor. Your sexuality does not make your behavior in 1986 above reproach. Again, this is not about you being gay. This is about you using it to come out the closet to kind of overshadow the story that Mr. Rapp has accused you of being sexually assaulting. And there's no reason not to believe everything he said, especially since you don't remember it, but you were drunk when you did it. Miss me with the I'm beyond, I'm beyond, oh, I'm so beyond horrified too. As if you witnessed someone else doing it. It wasn't someone else doing it, so you shouldn't have been horrified. You're the one who did it. You did it, sir. You did it. I'm horrified. Truth it is horrified. Because people like you can be predators and then garner sympathy due to your celebrity and you coming out of the closet. How brave was it for Kevin Spacey to come out the closet in Hollywood? Mr. Spacey, shame on you, and you should be stoned. If it were up to me, you'd be stoned to death. 
I don't care. You were 26 years old when you insulted a 14 year old. There's no excuse. There's no memory loss. You should be held accountable for what you've done. In my opinion, that's worse than anything Ben Affleck did. And that's about it because what the other people did in their uh, accusations was sick too. So uh, there we have that Uh, Kevin Spacey accused of sexually assaulting a minor, Mr. Anthony Rapp. Next story comes from Worcester, Massachusetts. Opening statements are expected Monday in the trial of a Queen Street man accused of going on an hour-long crime rampage last year that led to his arrest on rape, kidnapping, armed robbery, carjacking, and other charges. In other words, this man was busy as can be. Jury selection uh, began Thursday in Worcester Superior Court for the trial of Antonio L. Damon, 36, and is scheduled to conclude Monday morning. Opening statements by the prosecution and defense are to follow before Assistant District Attorneys Courtney L. Sands and Tara L. Neshev begin calling witnesses to the stand. Mr. Damon of 25 Queen Street was arrested on August 9, 2016, after he allegedly went on a business, went to a business at 340 Main Street, where uh, Truth in the AM uh, used to be uh, hailed at. That's where I used to record the show. Uh, At about 5.15 p.m. at 340 Main Street, armed with a knife, he placed his hands on a 27-year-old woman's throat and raped her. Mr. Damon stands accused of then carjacking a vehicle and sexually assaulting the female driver, getting into two accidents, breaking into a business on Denny Street and committing an armed robbery. Represented by lawyer Sean M. McGinty, Mr. Damon has pled not guilty to three counts of aggravated rape, aggravated kidnapping, kidnapping, carjacking, assault with the intent to rape, indecent assault and battery, two counts of strangulation or suffocation, armed robbery with two counts of an assault with a dangerous weapon, breaking and entering, two counts of assault and battery, witness intimidation, driving so as to endanger and leaving the scene of a property damage accident. Judge Richard T. Tucker is presiding over the trial, which is expected to last about two weeks. Um, So this man, Antonio Damon, went on a spree, a crime spree that seems straight out of Grand Theft Auto. Besides the rape and all, but then again, with the Grand Theft Auto games, you can do almost anything in those games. Who knows what's allowed in those games these days? But another thing I have a hard time with is... How does one plead not guilty to crimes that everybody knows you did? Why are we going to waste time and have a trial for this stuff? He was arrested at the scene of a robbery. So he was caught. The car he crashed up has his DNA all over it. He was in the car, the stolen car. The women can identify him. How does he still plead not guilty? To me, things like this are an abuse to the justice system. It just is. 
when you can do all these things to prolong time, even people on death row, sometimes people are on death row for years on death row for 15, 20 years doing appeals and prolonging what they're supposed to get. This is why I can never be president because if it was up to me, you do the crime that day you get stoned. That's just it. Stone them. They should be stoned to death. And this man should be stoned. There's no way you do things like catching, like, like, like raping a woman at her place to work of work, raping, sexually assaulting another woman in her car after you carjacked it. I mean, that's a double whim. How do you get carjacked and sexually assaulted? And this man gets to go to trial. It's unbelievable. The things that we allow in our justice system should be stoned to death. But this is America where I guess everybody has to have their chance to defend themselves or their, or their chance of time to do it. But I just, uh, I, I really don't think that this is a good thing to do or it's, it's a good time. It's to me, some of the worst injustices you could think of as a man going on uh, a spree such as this and then still having quote unquote, not his day in court, because I, I do think that everybody should have their day in court, but I mean, your day in court should be like, listen, you're guilty. You're caught red handed. Here's your punishment. That should be your day in court, not a day in court to prolong things and to make time uh, to continue to go on further and further. And that's what this man has done. I mean, I remember when this happened because after, as a matter of fact, this sexually assault happened at this, at this building, uh, the same high building where truth in the AM used to be recorded when I was doing the five o'clock shadow, uh, the people who owned the space didn't want to stay there anymore because they didn't feel safe. There was no security. There was nothing to stop another person coming into the building and committing the same crime. So they got out of their lease and truth in the AM had to relocate. Thankfully, I'm still in beautiful Worcester, but who knows what could have happened just because of this man. So this story is not really personal to me, but if they needed someone to do the stoning, I do the stoning. What we're going to do is we'll take a break and we'll be back on Truth It in the AM. Have you recently been in an accident? Did you back into another vehicle? Hit a shopping carriage in a parking lot? Or is your car in need of general repair? If your answer is yes, then ENC Auto Body is the place for you. ENC Auto Body is Worcester's premier auto body shop. We have collision specialists and licensed appraisers on site, and we make sure that you receive the best service you can find. Results are always amazing, and we take pride in making your experience with us at ENC as painless as possible. Drop your car off and rest easy knowing that your car is in the best care. But be forewarned, your car may come out looking better than it did before your unfortunate situation. ENC Auto Body, we're here if you need us. Located at 16 DeMarco Terrace in Worcester, 
Call us at 508-799-0014 and 774-329-7334. Serve weekdays for those who want to dine in is basil and spice lunch specials. For $11.95, you have your choice of garlic pork, lemongrass chicken, pad king chicken, or spicy tofu and vegetable. All lunch specials include a salad and Thai rolls. Basil and Spice lunch specials are available Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Stop by and try out the lunch specials. Hey, everybody loves Chinese food. I know I do, but what makes good eats for me are the crab rangoons. We searched high and low for fresh, natural, good-tasting food, and that's when we were fortunate enough to come across Shangri-La. Absolutely. And not only are the crab rangoons fantastic, but everything I've ordered for them has been exquisite and flavorful. They have timely takeout orders, but if you want to eat there, you're in for one of the most beautiful dining areas, period. You can tell. They made every effort to create a clean, friendly environment. Trust me, you are guaranteed to have a great experience. Everyone is welcome to experience the best Crab Rangoons. And everything else in Shangri-La, Fairyland. Shangri-La, 50 Front Street, Worcester, 508-798-0888. Call and order some great Great food food now. Order online at ShangriLaRestaurant.net. Hey Troop, I'm tired of looking for decent coffee. It's always either burned or way too bitter, but I found the best coffee I ever had, period. A friend of mine brought me to Yoway Cafe and the coffee was delicious, flavorful, and made right in front of me. Not only is the coffee great, but they have espressos, lattes, crepes, boba teas, smoothies, and froyo. Mmm, froyo. Take it from me, truth it, and make your way to Yoway. Yoway Cafe, 395 Park Ave, Worcester, 01610, or call 508-459-0611. A loyal customer like you deserves a sweet treat like Yoway. Working with some of the best Thai chefs, Bator has brought her skills from Thailand and Israel to Worcester with basil and spice. Her desire to bring the taste of the homeland here is one of the reasons basil and spice was voted Hello? the best Thai restaurant in central Massachusetts. Okay. Their menu consists of the best tasting basil and chili, yep. drunken noodle, steamed mussels, Seafood basil pad thai, ginger chicken, and more. You can't go wrong with basil and spice. They offer catering as well. Mm-hmm. Being a master caterer, you can rest assured you'll be receiving the best full, self, and private catering events available. Basil and Spice stands by you receiving the incredible and authentic Thai dishes along with the best service at Right, but they already don't think it's the sun, right? Accommodation to your needs is the key to success. You can also dine in at Basil and Spice located at 299 Shrewsbury Street in Worcester. Yeah, I don't think you can do it. The atmosphere always provides the most comfortable setting 
for you to dine in. Do yourself a favor yep. head on over to Basil and Spice Thai Cuisine. You won't regret it. Basil and Spice, yep. 774-317-9986. So uh, what else can they do? Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa? Konnichiwa. That's hello in Japanese. Man, if you want to say hello to me in Japanese, you may as well take me to 7 Nana Japanese Steakhouse. They have an outstanding sushi cuisine. Right. They also have modern styles of classic dishes and the friendliest staff. They are a cornerstone of the Worcester community and have been recognized for the quality of service they provide. And you know, I like my food fresh. And okay. Are you getting dropped off at school? Along with everything else on the menu. You know what? I'm about to order online right now. Hey, where are you going? I'm headed to 7 Nana Japanese right okay. now. 7 Nana Japanese Steakhouse, 60 Shrewsbury Street in okay. Worcester, 508-755-8888. www.7nanajapanese.com Hi, this is Trooper Joe of Archangel of Return to Chivalry, where we move in character development back to an era when it was seen as a privilege to do the right thing and extend a friendly and helping hand along with a loving hug to everyone. You can catch my show on blogtalkradio.com Slash Archangel of Return to Chivalry or on Facebook Live dot com slash Archangel Chivalry. Have that fun. Listen to Archangel of Return to Chivalry Wednesdays from 3 to 4. Truth It here, and I want to tell you guys about Sake Bomb Bistro. If you're in the mood for the best Asian cuisine you can find, look no further because Sake Bomb Bistro is the place for you. From their appetizers, sushi starters, and soups and salads, you can begin your meal with some flavorful dishes. And for the main course, you can try your hand at a wide variety of foods such as the chef's special maki rolls, noodles and rice, and my favorite, Sake Bomb Bistro's exclusive spicy crab rangoons. If you like to sit at the sushi bar, Sake Bomb Bistro's friendly and creative sushi chef will perform his signature sushi sashimi and makimono in front of your eyes. Inside the kitchen, their artisan dishes are prepared and presented with creative artistry and premium ingredients. Their full cocktail bar serves the best Polynesian drinks and a great selection of wines and sakes. This is the perfect place for you and your family and friends for sake bomb fun. Check out their five-star rating on Yelp. Whenever people go to Sake Bomb Bistro, they always give rave reviews. They don't call Sake Bomb Bistro the bomb for nothing. For catering, go to www.sakebombistro.com or call 508-754-2426 or 508-754-2427. Sake Bomb Bistro, 258 Park Avenue in Worcester, 01609. 
open Monday through Sunday. And we are back. It is your boy Truth It of Truth It in the AM. Uh, I did. I did realize that I left the microphone on while uh, I was playing the commercials. So you guys probably heard me talking to my daughter. My daughter, she is uh, opting not to have another surgery for her shunt. She is going, uh, still having headaches, and the hospital offered to give her another. Uh, put another monitor in her head so they can make sure that it is not shunt related. And we opted not to do that. We opted to uh, go to a headache specialist, find someone that deals with headaches and then, uh, you know, try to deal with it the conventional way because uh, headaches happen. I mean, a lot of people have chronic headaches, but since she's had so many head surgeries, especially in the past year, we don't know if it's because her head still needs time to heal or what the situation is. But unfortunately, it's a, a, a tough thing to deal with. And uh, we are still, you know, fighting and praying and, and, and having faith that it's going to um, get better. That's what it is. We're, we're going to have faith that it's going to get better. We don't want you know, to continue to worry about, you know, will she need another surgery, especially if it looks like the shunt is working and it does look like the shunt is working. Uh, it's probably a case of uh, maybe nerve damage causing the headaches. We're not really sure, but she has chronic headaches now and that is a concern. So if you could keep my family in your prayers, I am a uh, God fearing man. I believe uh, that God does answer prayers. So if you could keep us and my family in your, in your prayers, that would be uh, very much greatly appreciated. So uh, let's continue with uh, our last story of the day. The opioid epidemic is out of control. Um, I was going over the news, you know, to figure out what I was going to talk about today. And unfortunately I came across a really sad story. Um, a father and son in Brooklyn die of apparent overdoses after birthday party. This was, uh, a difficult story that I read a father and son in Brooklyn told their significant others they were going outside for a late night smoke following a birthday party and then died of an apparent drug overdose. Police said Joseph Adon Adrande and his son 44 and his son Carlos 22 had been inside with their wife and girlfriend at an apartment on 27th street near fourth Avenue in Greenwood, New York, when they both excused themselves around 3 a.m. Carlos and his girlfriend were visiting from Maryland with their children ages one and four, according to a relative who refused to identify themselves. It's not clear whose birthday was being celebrated. The two men said they were going outside to smoke cigarettes, but never returned. 
The women eventually grew nervous, went outside to look for them, and found the two laying in the street in front of the building. The son's body was discovered just inside the doorway, a relative said. He was blue in the face. The woman called 911, and responding officers administered Narcan, a drug that reverses the effects of an overdose, and rushed them to Lutheran Medical, where they died. Police sources said it be it's believed the men may have snorted a mixture of heroin and fentanyl. This story is especially tragic to me. Um, it's very sad. The family was visiting from Maryland. The son was his girlfriend and two kids, one and four. Now the girlfriend with kids one and four will have to return home if she can afford it. We'll have to return home to Maryland, a single parent. And the man's mother lost her son and her husband on the same day. When I say that uh, the opioid epidemic is an epidemic, I am not lying. I am not exaggerating. I am not sensationalizing that phrase. This is an epidemic of monstrous proportions. You can only pray for people who are stricken with this illness who was stricken with this addiction. And, uh, I was like, maybe I don't, I don't know if I should do this story when I was, uh, reading about it. As a matter of fact, uh, this has to be one of the saddest stories of the year for me, at least. So what I decided to do is I said, I'm going to pass on this story. I said, I'm not even going to uh, talk about it. I'm not going to do a story on it or have a commentary for it. So then I went to another story in Georgia. No, nope, I'm sorry, not in Georgia. I'm sorry, in Georgia. <laughs> I got to get it together. 20 seconds is all it took to kill 19-year-old Dustin Manning. His devastated parents, Greg and Lisa Manning, said the toxicology report found he had taken a toxic mix of heroin and fentanyl, a synthetic opioid so powerful it's often fatal, which is the same drug that was believed that the uh, father and son took in Brooklyn. The amount of fentanyl in his body was the equivalent of three grains of salt. And that's all it took to kill an 180 pound guy, said Greg Manning. Dustin died Friday, May 26th in Lawrenceville, a suburb on the outskirts of Atlanta. At 6.09 a.m., paramedics were called to a home with reports of an unresponsive teenager. Dustin was dead. I had told him I'd get him up early for work and I came up around 545 to wake him up. And when I opened the door, 
He looked like he was tying his shoes. Very quickly, I realized, grabbed him, and he was cold. Lisa Manning was at the gym when she got the call from her husband. He said, oh, my God, oh, my God, call 911. I didn't ask. I just knew. Less than an hour later, at 6.53 a.m., another phone call was placed to 911. Half a mile down the road, 18-year-old Joseph Abraham was found slumped on the floor by his parents, Dave and Kathy. He had no pulse. I started yelling and yelling and yelling. As soon as I saw him, I knew, and I just ran, and I just started holding him, and I could tell he was cold, said Kathy Abraham. These two men that I'm reading about were childhood friends. They have played on the same little league team for two years. Joseph's father coached them. But in middle school, both began to dabble in drugs. So now we have another tragic story. And that's when I started to feel like after that one, I'd have to continue to talk about opioids. The awareness for this drug fentanyl has to get put out there. It's too dangerous. The amount of drugs the size of a couple grains of salt is enough to kill a nearly 200 pound man. That is insane. How do you go visit your dad with your girlfriend and children and die of a drug overdose with no one else but your father? It's the opioid epidemic. I don't know what causes someone to make a decision to start using drugs, but once anyone makes that decision to take that first hit or that first pill or even that first puff of that cigarette, it changes your life forever. And unfortunately, the girlfriend of that uh, 22 year old who died and that 22 year old's mother, his life has changed forever because of the bad decisions made by these two men who were hopelessly addicted to opioids. Two childhood friends that died a little more than blocks from each other were also best friends who also died from opioid use. To me, that's unacceptable. The opioid epidemic is an epidemic that is getting worse and worse. I don't even see how they're going to clean this mess up. Uh, President Trump said he plans on declaring that the opioid epidemic is a national emergency, but so far, no funding or direction in addressing the epidemic has been revealed. All we can do is hope and pray that this is done away with. I don't know how. I don't know when, I don't know what they're going to do. It is a war on drugs. But I think that this war is going to have to be fought completely differently to be effective. And in the final story, also out of Georgia, a two-year-old boy was blocked from getting his father's kidney because the father violated his probation. 
Georgia boy, too, blocked from getting father's kidney, is rushed to the hospital. A two-year-old Georgia boy who was unable to receive his father's kidney for a transplant, apparently because the man had violated his probation, was rushed to an emergency room Sunday morning after suffering an abdominal infection. Anthony Dickerson Jr., who was born without kidneys, made headlines earlier this month when it was reported the toddler couldn't receive a kidney from his father, Anthony Dickerson, 26, over the probation violation in September. Emory Hospital in Atlanta reportedly worked on behalf of Dickerson, who was in jail, to request that he be escorted to the hospital for blood work and preoperative testing. Anthony's mother, Camelia Burgess, said that days after testing, she received a letter from the hospital saying that her son's surgery would be delayed until Dickerson complied with his parole officer after three months. They're making this about her dad, Burgess said. It's not about the dad, it's about our son. A petition created by Burgess requesting that Emory Hospital allows Anthony to donate his kidney to his son has more than 52,000 signatures. A vigil for Anthony was scheduled for Sunday evening at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. So here's the thing. <clears throat> I don't know what the probation violation was for. But as fathers, as men, we have to become more responsible. Do I think it's right for the probation officer to withhold this man from delivering a kidney to a son? Absolutely not. I think this is gross misjustice. If he gets released to go and do the blood work, donate a kidney and then goes back to jail, I don't see how that's harmful, especially if it's saving a life. But if this is going to cost his son his life, the blood is on the father's hands too. The father made the decision to violate whatever and commit whatever crime he decided to commit, knowing that he was going to be a father. Now, his bad decision puts his son's life in jeopardy. This is a gross misjustice, but this is also on the father's hands as well. It doesn't matter. We have to be more responsible. We have to know that in this country, things will be unfair for black men. And you will not be afforded everything, even if it makes sense. So why put yourself in a position where you would have to be at the mercy of a probation officer? No, the probation officer didn't go and just randomly pick someone and say, hmm, I want him to uh, be at the beck and call and under the mercy of me. No, it was his acts that got him arrested and got himself put in this position. Still, I signed the, position, the, the petition. 
to have them and have the hospital uh, continue to fight for Mr. Dickerson to uh, for that baby to get that kidney. First, I didn't even know that an adult can donate a kidney to a child. I don't even how does that work? But at the end of the day, the responsibility of doing whatever you can for that child is ultimately on the father rules being fair or not. He deserves some of the blame. I don't. It's it's weird to me. Do the transplant terminate and arrest the judge. This is what the texter wrote. Get over the judge, get over to the judge's residence and swarm the area with protesters. When this hits national media, the judge will be overruled. I don't think the judge will be overruled in this case. The another texture says, why should the baby suffer? Because the father has a probation violation. Really? And didn't Bradley Manning get a sex change while he was in jail? So a sex change is permissible, but saving a baby's life is not worthwhile. Um, uh, I, I think that uh, Bradley, not Brady, Bradley Manning got uh, hormones in jail. I don't think Bradley Manning got an actual sex change. I don't think that has happened in jail yet where you can get a sex change operation in prison. Hormone therapy, maybe. I think that's the difference. Either way, uh, my thoughts and prayers goes out to this poor baby. Another text that says, sorry, Camilla, Carmela, Carmelia. Sometimes things like this happens when you make poor choices for a baby daddy. Dang. That was that was cruel. Cruel and unusual, Shelton WA111. Uh, the most I could do is just pray for this baby in Georgia. And uh, Anthony Dickerson Jr., I really hope that you continue to uh, fight, and I hope they find another kidney. And if not, I hope somehow a miracle happens and your father is able to donate his kidney to you. However, uh, Father, shame on you. And I hope this is a learning lesson to stay out of trouble. And that's all I got. This is your boy, Truth of the Truth in the AM. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I will see you guys tomorrow. Trooper Joe will be in the his house tomorrow's Tuesday. So that is also Voice of the Voiceless Tuesday. Is your boy, Truth It. Uh, positive vibes. I'll holler.